Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, all sorts of different things with our two great guests, Michael Doherty, and of course our Wednesday regular, Dr. Jack Caravelli. Um, gentlemen, first of all, welcome to the program. Thanks for being with us today, guys. Great, James. Great, great to be with you as always. Now, um, now, Michael, let's start with you, my friend. There is there is a lot going on in the cybersecurity world. Um, bring us up to speed on some of some of the latest news and views out there. Well, uh, you're talking about my specific case, or yes, or, or in yes. The, okay, in my specific case, uh, we actually filed a brief yesterday because uh, we have uh, those of you might know I wrote a book, The Devil Inside the Beltway, about the yeah. true story about how my company got hacked and how it, uh, by writing the book and pushing back, we had a whistleblower come out, and I found out that basically this company has has uh, monitored many workstations around the world take downloaded millions of files was working with uh, Dartmouth when and Homeland Security through a Homeland Security grant and kicked the evidence over to um, the FTC who was investigating us and it turned out there have been Congr- Congress has accused them of, of not being truthful about the evidence and uh, and and misrepresenting that that they found it anywhere other than on our workstation, which means they came in and took it. And yet the FTC relied on all this information as if it was out in cyberspace without ever checking it. And so uh, what's terrifying is that you have to fight back against the government for years, even when they're blatantly wrong and playing dirty. And that's what's happened. And now we filed a brief today, uh, really laying that out. And the trial starts uh, March the 5th uh, because the insider has gotten immunity from the Justice Department. And uh, we will hope that by exposing all this, people are going to take action. Although we all know how much, how much, uh, how easily this government right now gets away with corruption. But that's where we're at. Now, um, Dr. Jack, I know that you do a lot in the in the world of cybersecurity. Um, what what do you what do you think about this case uh, that uh, that Michael's basically going through with with all the the facts here, kind of laid out here, and seeing the seeing some of the different things going on? Well, well, first, James, you know, I uh, have no more familiarity with this case than Michael just described and, you know, just what he laid out here. So I, I, I don't pretend to have great insight, but yeah. what, what, it, what it seems to me, you know, again, on listening to him for the first time on this, uh, n- number one, there's a, you know, obviously his frustration is, is, is considerable, and, and it sounds like it's uh, unfortunately very justified. You know, on a, on a personal level, I can only hope that, you know, he and the company do well and can tell the story. Uh, the... You know, I think embedded in what he's saying is is simply the, uh, and again, I think he's correct, is the power of government uh, to be, uh, if you will, deliberately tone deaf to, uh, you know, these kinds of things. What we're, you know, this is also, I guess, point number three, James, part and parcel of, you know, this widening and expanding sense in the, in the cyber world of, the kind of mischief and worse that, you know, the companies and governments, 
you know, have been experiencing. You and I have talked about this uh, previously, uh, and, you know, what we're seeing is a, uh, <clears throat> you know, continued growth, or as I said, expansion, you know, of the kind of problems that, you know, good and honest companies are, are running into. The, you know, the problem and challenge on a lot of this, not all of it, but a lot of it, you know, simply is that, you know, in a generic sense, the, those who would do hacking uh, are, are very difficult to detect. Uh, sometimes they hack successfully and, and leave no fingerprints, if you will. Uh, the, the problem is global. Uh, as Michael surely knows, there, you know, there are hackers operating with impunity and even support uh, in China, in Russia, uh, in Iran, and, you know, the, the targets, obviously, in many cases, are Western companies and, and Western governments. And when we meekly try to uh, raise these as issues, you know, they're, they're, they're just laughed off by, by those who obviously wish us ill. So there are, a, there are a series of types of problems, a series of reasons for those problems, and a very limited ability to really strike back in a lot of cases. So I'm, I'm sorry I don't know more about what Michael, you know, just said in his specific case, but, but I think it's part and parcel of at least the kind of broader problems, you know, we're seeing in the cyber world. Now, now, Michael, this uh, th this situation that with cybersecurity in general, um, th this this is we've we've talked with you about this. We've talked with Dr. Jack. I wanted to get you guys on today to kind of uh, beat around the, uh, the 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 topic here. Uh, it, it is it is important that uh, this has become, I guess, kind of a, a a new way for for warfare. We're not just you know going in and, and dropping bombs on people. We're going behind the scenes and doing things with uh, cybersecurity, um, wh why has this gotten to be such a big deal, uh, especially th this year? Well, uh, it is, it's, it's the, I mean, it's the military, it's, it's the government's job to protect the commerce of the United States. And what's yeah. becoming very close, uh, becoming very clear, with, is that, that exactly what he just said, the, these hackers are all over the world. It's borderless. Uh, it's hard to get governments in those areas to even admit they come there or to take action. And so we have to have a very proactive defense and a proactive offense. And so the more trained, technologically trained people within government are fine. It is the lawyers in the regulatory side that are just uh, full of power and very limited in knowledge, have been wasting a lot of resources. And, were, and, and Because this has not been a secret. You know, their job should have been beefing up things the last decade. And what they've done is they've tried to, to intimidate enterprise into compliance, and, then, uh, and that's actually backfired. And it separates private enterprise from the government, from the other parts of the government that need private enterprise to cooperate so we can defend ourselves together. But you, when you have a bunch of lawyers that have never been in the real world, never worked in a business, and they've, they've been government lawyers since law school, they drink this Kool-Aid and they start finger pointing and they start getting into power grabs just for control of the internet. Right now you've got Homeland Security, FTC, FTC fighting for this. In the meantime, no one's really guarding, guarding the whole big picture. Yeah. And uh, I spoke about this in, North, in Northern Virginia about three weeks ago and had a lot of three former NSA and FBI guys come up and talk 
how frustrated they get with agencies screwing up their agenda by, by getting everybody upset <laughs> at the government so we can't defend ourselves. Yep. And, uh, and, and it's a big deal now because look what's happening. Oh, they've beaten their chest. They've beaten up corporations. They've, they've finger-pointed. This is so classic bureaucrat. It's classic bureaucrat. And with this administration, they're out of control. And, boy, that's really helped, hasn't it? <laughs> We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli. Go ahead and jump in there, Dr. Jack. Jump in there. Yeah, well, I mean, Michael, of course, makes some you know, very, very important points. Let, let me add that, uh, you know, from a slightly different perspective, you know, if you look back at the... Uh, the end of World War II, we, we entered, as you and I have talked, we entered the nuclear age, and we went through yeah. the last half of the 20th century developing the most fearsome weapons of destruction mankind has ever seen. Now, fortunately, we haven't, you know, after World War II, we've never used them in anger. Uh, but, you know, the, the irony of the 21st century, and, and this is really where I think the phrase asymmetric warfare comes in, in the 21st century, you know, warfare is taking this, taking on this new model, this new tone, whereby uh, again those you know halfway around the world can inflict major, major damage on again corporations and governments uh, in a way that you know doesn't look at all destructive, but it is very, very destructive. I mean, look at uh, here's one of many examples in the middle of 2012. Saudi Aramco, uh, the big uh, oil producer, uh, suffered a major cyber attack, almost certainly from Iran, its bitter foe. Now, in the Saudi Aramco case, James, there were about 1,000 hard drives that were crashed uh, because of the cyber attack. Now, had there been a physical attack uh, on, on Saudi Aramco facilities, oil wells exploding and the like, you can be sure it would have made spectacular, you know, front-page news on, you know, around the world. But in this case, you know, there's, there's nothing that looked like it was an attack. But, you know, the, the impact on Saudi Aramco operations, they had to close down their internal, uh, if you will, reach into the Internet uh, for a substantial amount of time. Their reputation took a huge hit. Their operations were really compromised. Uh, and that... Incredible. Look, we've seen th this kind of scenario repeated over and over again. Um, Home Depot, Target stores, 40 million uh, uh, individuals had uh, identification compromised. Uh, American Express, uh, you, you know, and, and, and the list goes on and on. So, but what this is, you know, it, it, again, had there been a, you know, in a different world where somebody you know, uh, physically attacked American Express headquarters or Home Depot stores, there would be a hue and cry of outrage to get back at the perpetrators. But again, as, as I said at the start, we're in a world where, uh, you know, I, identifying uh, with confidence, you know, those who do these things often is difficult, not always, as the Sony case with North Korea showed. But again, there, there's really no well-understood and internationally recognized, and this goes to Michael's point on lawyers, good rules of the road of how you hit back or retaliate, either legally or with your own set of uh, cybersecurity uh, activities, shall we say. Uh, so 
we're in this kind of twilight world where, you know, it, it's almost like the Wild West, uh, where there's very <laughs> yes. few rules, yes. and, you know, whoever has the fastest and strongest gun uh, has a real opportunity. So the point Michael made about, you know, enhancing our offensive and defensive capabilities is very well said. We've got Michael Doherty with us today. He, of course, joins us each uh, each and every month, it seems like, here, talking cybersecurity. Michael Doherty is a board member of Snoop Wall, the powerhouse cybersecurity firm, and is the author of The Devil Inside the Beltway, the shocking expose of the U.S. government's surveillance and overreach into cybersecurity, medicine, and small business. We've also got on our panel today Dr. Jack Caravelli. He's had extensive experience in both the intelligence and policymaking sides of the U.S. government. He joined the Central Intelligence Agency as a Soviet Strategic Forces Analyst in 82 and spent the next 14 years with the agency in various analytic, staff, and managerial positions. In 96, he was selected to serve on the White House National Security Council staff as Director for Nonproliferation with the responsibility to the President of the uh, formation of the U.S. Nonproliferation Policy on Russia and the Middle East. Now, uh, let, let's let's take a quick little 30-second time out here, gentlemen. When we come back, I want to talk about this uh, situation with Hillary and these emails and kind of how that gets into cybersecurity. We're going to pause for a uh, quick break here on the program. Hi there. I'm Elvis Rico, host of Laughing with Cancer, a podcast that I do monthly. I talk about cancer, diet, exercise, and coping with the struggles of having cancer or any other type of chronic illness. So join me as we travel down that cancer road together with laughter and positive thinking. Peace, love, and stay laughing, my friends. Laughing with cancer. Fantastic marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Great new author out there, Benjamin Card. What would you do if the person you loved most was brainwashed to love someone else? In Benjamin Card's debut book, The Courting, every female on Earth has been hypnotized by an invisible entity in the sky. And now, one man must figure out a way to get his wife back before it's too late. Hellnotes.com calls this book delightfully strange and psychotic. The Courting is available now on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Instagram, Benjamin Cord. The Jiggy Jaguar radio program continues. Welcome back to our special edition today. We're talking with Dr. Jack Caravelli, our Wednesday regular, and of course our monthly regular, Michael Doherty. He joins us each and every month as well. Um, in this segment, gentlemen, let's talk about this situation with Hillary and her uh, her email situation. Homebrew or home breach? There's no way Hillary's home server could withstand a cyber attack. And with us today, two great experts, Michael Doherty and Dr. Jack Caravelli. In this segment, as we start off here, Michael, uh, give us your thoughts here on this situation with Hillary because the AP is uh, suing for Clinton records now. Yeah, the irony. It sounded like <laughs> the family turning on itself. But, uh, you know... Uh, when I was in my search for finding out what the reason was, and a lawyer said, you know, about uh, something going wrong, she's like, what went wrong? Doesn't matter. If it didn't go wrong, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And this, I think about this with Hillary. I think doesn't matter. When you've got someone at that level of authority yes. putting her stuff at risk, her, her, I don't care, on that server, <laughs> I don't care if something got out or not. It, it, uh, it, to me, it's a matter of trust, integrity, and knowledge, and that's and she she's got a failing grade on all three. Uh, you you just it just you know I don't care what comes out of her mouth, it's too late. It's like try to spin this one, and you you can't be 
that level and, and, and put things at risk because you want to control access to your information. That's the bottom line. It's not transparency. It's control. And, you know, I just like to watch her stand there and stew. We've got uh, Michael Doherty with us today. Do- Dr. Jack, this, uh, this situation with Hillary, um, we've talked a little bit about this on your Wednesday segments. Um, kind of follow up there on, uh, on what the great Michael Doherty was saying. Well, the, well, Michael's absolutely right. Look, I mean, the, the phrase that comes to my mind, James, in uh, thinking about this, you know, and it, it gives me a headache just try, trying to conjure what she did. It's, it is a reckless disregard for her responsibility as a senior government official, and Michael was saying this in, in different words, but the same thing, a reckless disregard for her responsibility to protect the information entrusted to her. Um, you know, they're, you know, whether she is personally, techni- you know, technically savvy or not, all of us who have served in government in sensitive positions and at high levels uh, have an obligation, again, to just, you know, sort of protect the secrets, if you will. You know, it, it's not exactly a, a mystery to Mrs. Clinton or anyone else in the year 2015 that there were those who would love to access and, and either, you know, uh, take the, the information uh, on the server or, or disrupt it. And the fact that she carried this out so long, um, a, again, with blatant disregard for her duties, you know, I, I fully agree with Michael. It's, it, it is a, a dark mark on, on her credibility and reputation, uh, and, and regardless of what the lawyers may say about, you know, that she didn't, quote-unquote, you know, uh, cause any apparent harm, uh, that, the, the fact of the matter is uh, that we do not know that. Uh, there were certainly ample uh, individuals in governments that, that can simply access information on a server uh, and, again, remove it or disrupt it, uh, where the, the individual who thinks the server is secure has no idea what has happened. So for anyone, Mrs. Clinton or, or those around her, to believe that, well, we don't have any evidence of a crime, I mean, that, that is absolutely, uh, you know, part of the, the disregard for their responsibility. So, you know, I, I have great trouble with this, as you can tell. Uh, and, you know, I think that, you know, a- anyone who feels that their senior officials, you know, have a, a basic duty to, you know, to take care of the information they have, you know, sh- should be outraged by this. Now, uh, Michael, they, they say that the, uh, the hard drive, uh, according to the New York Times, Hillary Clinton is uh, basically saying that her hard drive was destroyed. Uh, there's been all sorts of issues here with this. She's deleted about half her emails from years as Secretary of State, saying she turned over to the Obama administration all correspondence about government business, but had erased records of communications about private matters like yoga routines, her daughter's wedding, and her mother's funeral. Uh, email lives forever. <laughs> so well, and liars keep on lying. Well, uh, that too. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I'm just amazed uh, how, how she gets away with it. I mean, it, the, this Clinton, the Clintons have such a spin and such a utter, it's almost a stand and applaud that they've got no conscience at all and they're willing to attempt anything. Uh, it, yeah. Because she just, it, she, she, she won't stop. She, because this has worked getting them out of corners over and over and over again. So, so just 
numb and dumb us down. You, 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 she's got, you wonder if she's pounding us over the head so that we're becoming brain dead. So many people actually don't engage in this at all, and that's the scary part because there, this isn't a complicated topic. It's really simple. She violated our trust. She put herself first, and now she's spinning her way out of it. You know, because she's got no choice, right? Either, either stand there silent, or you make something up. And liars keep on lying. It's very, it's you know, three-year-old's got the hand in the cookie jar. Mom walks in, says your hand's in the cookie jar, and three-year-old stops and goes, "No, it's not." I mean, that's where we're at here. The hands in the cookie jar, the lid's on top, and she's saying, "No, it's not." It's ultimately, is it the American people want this or not? Yeah. I mean, that's really what's going to boil down to, because this is clear. Not Dr. Jack. Well, James, you know, the, uh, of course, Michael's right. There's there's an arrogance to this that is almost stupefying, uh, but we've seen it play out uh, over and over, you know, for for years, uh, you know, from that direction. Um, you know, look, the, uh, the the sad reality is, you know, if she is indeed elected president, and you know, we elect our presidents uh, obviously for many different reasons, but. Uh, you know, the, this kind of approach to government and some of the casualness uh, of how it's done, it's, it's clear to me that, you know, we see these kinds of things almost certainly again and again. You know, you, you really see very little coming from Ms. Mrs. Clinton, uh, you know, of a real genuine uh, mea culpa or, geez, you know, I really screwed up because, that, you know, that, that's just not in her DNA. Uh, and the problem is that, you know, we, you know, again, if she's elected to high office in 2016, uh, you know, we, it, it may truly those kinds of approaches, and I'm, sh- I'm sure it extends to things beyond this kind of conversation, you know, could, could do serious damage to the nation. And as Michael said, I mean, do we want this? You know, I, I know how I would respond to that question, but obviously your, your listeners may have different views. Now, now, Michael, uh, you you've written about this in in your great book, Devil Inside the Beltway. Um, did you, when you were writing that book, did you think that anything like this with Hillary Clinton would ever come up? No, you know the irony. Uh, we, things move so fast, I, especially in technology. I mean, three years ago is an age ago, and when I was writing the book uh, a couple years ago, you know, the book's been out a year, and and as a starting, it took me about eighteen months to, to write. There was no Snowden. Uh, cybersecurity wasn't even the lingo. Uh, breach, really, there weren't that many breaches, a few. Uh, you, you know, and, and the government is running around chopping people's heads off and saying they don't need to have the rules. And in that time, they get away with it. Now we see embarrassing, basic, I mean, the Hillary Clinton story is so basic, it's, it's, ter- it's terrifying how basic it is. I mean, it is just unbelievable. I, you know, she might as well left her laptop in the car and left those open and put a neon sign on it. And, and so this is just well, we not. Didn't, well, we don't know. That's exactly right, because whatever. I mean, you know, because obviously if you want something to be safe, put it, make it obvious, and then, it will, you know, no one would think it would be that, that, that safe. I mean, that, that, that out in the open. But, but um, you know, I, I, so no, no, but I have to say, I'm I'm glad it's happening. Uh, one thing I want to tell you too is is the reason we have to not attack each other, and these bureaucrats don't know how to not attack each other. They just they don't like private enterprise. It's ridiculous, and I think this really is going to become clearly a military responsibility, and it should be. But you know, J.P. Morgan spends a quarter billion. 
billion dollars a year on cybersecurity, billion, and they got hacked. Now, give me a break. Do you think these corporations want this? And, and there's really been no guidance from the government what to do. What we're going to realize is this is like saying, okay, we're getting attacked. It's, it's, you know, the, the jets are coming over from, from Russia. And if your roof is not sturdy enough to take this bomb, it's your fault. <laughs> That's where we're coming to. It's like we've got to stop the, the eating our own and get some leadership. And, and so this is who you want to be president? I see. <laughs> so this is, it's, 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 it makes me crazy, as you can probably tell, because it's so basic. Now, Dr. Jack, kind of, kind of to to your point, I know that uh, I asked Michael about the fact when he was writing writing his great book, "The Devil Inside the Beltway." Did anything like this come up? Some of the different things that you've been involved with, I know that you're doing a lot more with cybersecurity uh, nowadays, and chatting with all sorts of different experts, and and working with a lot of different folks, and going overseas and things like this. Um, what what are they saying about some of the different things that like Michael brought up, Snowden and uh, this Hillary Clinton situation? Yeah, well, yeah, great question, James. Um, about two weeks ago, as, as I think you know, I was in London, and it was a hardship duty, but I, I, I survived 10 days there. Um, the uh, Three of those days, uh, apropos to your question, uh, I was at a, a major conference uh, at Windsor Castle, actually. It was great fun. Uh, it was an annual gathering of a, a small group of very senior energy types, energy officials, uh, energy experts, etc. They they were not uh, per se uh, experts in a, a, any kind of cyber issue. But the the, the reason I tell you is uh, when I was there, and I, I knew many of them from you know my my past engagements. Uh, but what I did for the for the first time at this annual conference, and they've been doing it there at Windsor for 13 years. Uh, for the first time. Uh, actually, somebody, me, uh, did a 45-minute overview on cybersecurity issues. And it was a mix of, as I said, energy experts, but it also involved a lot of um, uh, ambassadors from, you know, who are serving in London from various nations. There were Middle East ambassadors, the Hungarian ambassador, uh, the, the Italians. There were probably eight or nine ambassadors there as well. Uh, as the energy experts, and, you know, a after the 45 minutes of this, you know, sort of running through the storyline and including what you mentioned about, you know, the insider thread and what uh, Edward Snowden did, uh, you know, you could almost hear a pin drop uh, in the audience. I mean, they were, you know, they were stunned by the scope and nature uh, of what's unfolding around them, and, you know, certainly... Uh, you know, those in the crowd were, you know, were, were deeply concerned about, you know, what I said about Saudi Aramco, obviously an energy company, uh, and, and, and others as well. And I think what you, what you have is a collective, you know, sort of scratching of the head uh, of, of what can be done. And one of the, the fun things, James, you know, I've been trying to do, you know, in my, my European travels, uh, you know, is begin to build you know, bridges, and um, uh, actually in late May, I'm going to chair a cyber security conference in Lugano, Switzerland. Again, another hardship post right on the Swiss-Italian border. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to. Wait, you just throw a dart at a board and go? <laughs> yeah, you, 
you have to pick your spots wisely when you get my age. Um, <laughs> but the you know the the interesting thing will be you know among others assembling. We've we've got an interesting group from Europe. Uh, you know that we're you know we're trying to bring together. But I'm also you know I've got some very good friends who work this issue in the in the United Kingdom in England. Uh, one is a GCHQ consultant. The other is a former senior government U.S. government official. Uh, we're going to probably try to do some outreach, and I'll, I'll talk to Michael about this offline from, you know, some American expertise. And, you know, we're going to start trying to build some bridges that actually take on the questions that, you know, Michael had raised of, you know, how do you begin to, you know, if not fully protect yourself, maybe that's an impossible standard, but perhaps you begin to develop the, the approaches, the culture, the capabilities to at least mitigate threats, you know, to your, you know, your vital information, uh, and you know, in the worst case, develop the, uh, I'll call it, I'll use the British word, resilience, uh, you know, to be able to recover, you know, get back online and get back operating. So, you know, I am, you know, intrigued by this because it is a different type of warfare than what I grew up with in the 80s. Uh, and it's, it's here, it's real, it's not going to go away, it's probably going to get worse, but we're not powerless, you know, again, if we cooperate and work together, which is a, a point I think Michael was trying to make a few minutes ago. Now, now Michael, which, uh, jump, yeah. in there, jump in there and kind of follow up on that. Well, I, I, I love what you're saying, um, and it is so true. And, and actually, I've been on Talk Radio Europe and, ta- and, and been to some co- conferences remotely, and, and, and the one thing I'll say uh, is that there's not such an attack-the-other-guy mentality overseas. Um, now, there is a much more big pro-government, but the, even the government rules don't have this big go get em finger-pointing viciousness. We in D.C., it's just amazing. This is exploiting all our weaknesses as a big bureaucratic bubble here Uh, because these cyber threats are are the mouse in, in, you know, jumping around the elephant's toes. Uh, This is why J.P. Morgan can spend a quarter billion dollars and still get hacked. Uh, And and it is is a perfect storm of so many variables uh, from bureaucratic arrogance, which is an opportunity cost lost in the past decade of preparing ourselves right, to the media being irresponsible and really throwing the NSA way under the bus more than it deserves. You know, it's you know we're going to need all these people, and and way more than they think, because it is a new day and time. And um, you know, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to take to to have everyone really wake up, but um, you know, I, I hope it, it doesn't take a huge, uh, a really terrible meltdown where people can't get money or power grids go down. I don't like talking about those fear scenarios, because I don't think they help solve the problem of, of really we have to communicate better. And, and even in spite of 9-11, uh, these agencies don't talk to each other well. And there's no one really running the store. And Congress is built to not, make, to not have laws being made easy. And the problem with just the whole lack of bipartisanship, which I will lay on Obama's uh, at Obama's feet in the past few years, is they haven't been able to get something through. And so the agencies have gone rogue, and you have these turf wars within for power, and everyone has lost the big picture. 
and we need to have some real leadership on this. And hopefully that's going to happen. But I, I, I think as we have more breaches, uh, unfortunately by the reality of the world, the public will get, get educated that this is going to become a military exercise, not some bureaucratic lawyer exercise. It's going to just come at you if you break a rule. Well, we're going to do this. We're going to take another quick timeout here, about a minute and a half. When we come back, we're going to keep chatting about cybersecurity here. We're going to do one final segment with Michael Doherty, the author of The Devil Inside the Beltway, and our good friend, Dr. Jack Caravelli. We've got more coming up here on the program. Elvis Rico, host of Laughing with Cancer, a podcast that I do monthly. I talk about cancer, diet, exercise, and coping with the struggles of having cancer or any other type of chronic illness. So join me as we travel down that cancer road together with laughter and positive thinking. Peace, love, and stay laughing, my friends. Laughing with cancer. Let's live a life Fantastic new marketing partner of Transmedia Worldwide, Blue Shift. Oh, yeah, it's a great Indiegogo campaign. Check it out today. Blue Shift, the animated film. I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O dot com. It's an amazing piece of business. They're raising funds to complete production on a fantastic, fantastic new animated venture called Blue Shift, a Starfall Chronicle. They're raising funds to complete the production on an animated film based on the story Blue Shift. Check it out today. Amazing, amazing stuff. Blue Shift, the animated film, has come from Burbank, California. They need this by May 5th, so let's help them out today. Go to INDIEGOGO.com, search Blue Shift, the animated film, and tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. As a business owner, you know that cash flow management is important. You need to monitor your profit margins and your expenses. Cashflow Mojo Software is a cash flow management tool made especially for small to medium-sized business owners like you to help you manage the cash flow of your business. When money comes into your business each week, the software will help you set up a budget, set aside money to pay bills, buy inventory, pay taxes, health care costs, whatever your budget needs are, and most importantly, pay yourself, which is something we business owners forget about all too often. Having a basic understanding of the difference between accounting and cash flow management is key when running a business. One has to do with keeping records of your money, and the other has to do with how you use it. Cashflow Mojo software helps you decide how to portion the money correctly to manage the growth and profits of your business. Check it out today at CashflowMojoSoftware.com. A 30-day trial is just $9.99, and there's no contract needed. This software tool will get your business finances on the right track. CashflowMojoSoftware.com. We've got a fantastic new marketing partner at Transmedia Worldwide. Are you ready to become the sauce boss? Superb Sauces is a top-notch collection of recipes that will instantly add flair to your culinary repertoire. This is a wonderful cookbook for any cook looking to learn some fantastic new recipes. If We've got a great musical showcase with you here on the Rock Music Hub. One of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide is the Ketchum Family. 
They have the Ketchum Family House Fire Fund. It's set up at G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M slash K-E-T-C-H-U-M. That's GoFundMe.com slash Ketchum. Uh, these guys uh, have had a uh, big, big, big thing happen to them. At 6.15 p.m. Friday, February 27, 2015, 98-year-old Ella Ketchum was standing with her walker in her kitchen, surrounded in smoke and in a state of shock, and when she was rescued by a fireman who was just driving by, all she has are the clothes she was wearing, a sweatsuit, no socks, shoes, and a coat. Ella is the widow of Reverend Roy Ketchum of the Nazarene. They moved from Mount Sterling, Kentucky, to Georgetown, Ohio in 1983 to be close to the family of their only living child and lived in the same house for the past 32 years. Ella's husband passed away 19 years ago. And in her old age, she's now cared for by her son and her two granddaughters and grandson-in-law who would stay regularly at the house so that she could live independently and not move out of her house. The only thing she asked for, but uh, this is a tragic situation. Check it out today. You can uh, Donate for as little as $5. Help these guys out. It's G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M slash Ketchum. And Ketchum is spelled K-E-T-C-H-U-M. And tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Welcome back to the big broadcast. We've got Dr. Jack Caravelli joining us, also Michael Doherty, and talking cybersecurity today. Um, Michael, there there is a lot going on in the world of cybersecurity, not just with Snowden and uh, the, the the situation with Hillary Clinton, but uh, ISIS and several other several other uh, folks out there that are starting to use this as a uh, the next level, I guess, in warfare. Um, where where do you see things going though over the next six months or so in the world of cybersecurity? Oh, well, we're behind eight ball. And I just pray that we don't get nailed. I mean, it takes a long time for um, honest people to uh, catch up with the crooks because we're honest. And, uh, and so we've got things we have to work through, and, and we've had, they've, they've got to jump on us. I mean, these things have, have seeped in uh, to, all, to all these areas so that, that we have given a wireless network to everyone. And the great thing about that is that that has created huge opportunities for the small businessman to compete with the big corporation, and it's given huge opportunities for bullies like ISIS to go and, and, and nail big companies or Anonymous or Snowden or anybody else. It's a double-edged sword. And we're going to have to dynamically change who we have in government protecting us and dealing with this because those people also – look – Computers don't care who you are. They leave fingerprints, and, and you can hang your ego at the door, you know, Secretary, Secretary of State Clinton, for example. And these politicians don't like that as well. So it is a, it's a, it's a very um, bumpy road. Uh, the next six months, I, I'm just hoping mm, that – I hope Congress gets its act together that if they pass legislation, it's not some crazy legislation, but – um, it, it's going to be the free enterprise system that fixes, uh, fixes this and, and the military, if you, if you want my opinion. Now, uh, D- Dr. Jack, uh, what, what do you think is going to happen here with this? Well, um, uh, I, I think there, there will be and, and should be, and Michael's made this point a few times, and I agree, a, you know, a, a military dimension to it. You know, we today, James, have what's, uh, what we call cyber command, you know, which is uh, sort of an adjunct of the uh, National Security Agency, of course, and the director of NSA is, you know, is dual-hatted. 
really heads up both. But in a sort of a, a broader context, um, I, I agree that it will sadly probably become a bigger problem in the you know the months ahead. I, I think we may be entering a actually an, another era, another phase of the problem where we may well see. Uh, you mentioned the, those with capabilities. We we may well see you know, again, in the months to come, a, uh, a broader capability or an expanding capability to, to manipulate data. You know, for example, I'll, I'll take the, let me go back to the Saudi Aramco case. Maybe in, uh, in a year or two, we have a capability not only to destroy a hard drive, but get in, you know, really get inside, uh, you know, the, the, the data bases and fields uh, of a corporate computer and uh, create almost whatever mischief they want. Uh, you know, the, the personnel records or the, the business plans or things like that. We've, uh, we had a, a rather notorious case uh, where the Chinese did hacking, uh, you know, almost like that, where they got into the computers, uh, into the computer of Coca-Cola. Now, they didn't steal the quote-unquote secret Coke formula. Actually, the the, the, the bug implanted by the Chinese sort of, uh, if you will, took residence in the Coke computer because what the Chinese were looking for was not the secret formula, but actually, you know, they wanted to look and watch and learn what Coke's negotiating strategy was because at the time Coca-Cola was negotiating a major deal with the Chinese. So, you know, you know protecting data and in, in all, you know, it, it's this offense and defense, you know, this tug and pull uh, is, is just going to continue uh, w- without the leadership that was mentioned, uh, and we don't have it. We're going to uh, continue to fall behind the, the eight ball, and our vulnerabilities will only increase, and I, I say that with, with, with great concern. Now, now, Michael, do you, do you think this is... Uh... This is going to be a, a, a big deal, like, like uh, the doctor was saying there? I completely agree. And, and if we don't defend ourselves, we're going to get attacked from the inside as well. I mean, I run a corporation, and I will tell you what happens is some lawyers, not all, some lawyers are like, oh, good, gray area of regulatory hell. Hmm, money for us. Great. And then you've got it. And that's why this, this net neutrality thing is, is going to hurt the small businessman because there have to be more things they have to do. Then the next thing would be, oh, cybersecurity insurance. Fantastic. That's, that's going to keep going up, 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 up. And, and, then, and, then who's, and then the loopholes in there and the lawsuits. I mean, it's like, you know, the, 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 the people that feed off conflict are going to be okay. And uh, that's unfortunate. And, and we, we just have to have leadership. And I, I, I'm, I'm not very object, um, optimistic about the short term. I'm always optimistic about the country and the medium and the long term. In the short term, I think we have to take a few more smacks in the face because we are weak and those that are really understanding how to protect us as we're currently set up, we're lousy at this. You know? yeah. And uh, we have to get better. Well, uh, in, in the next, the, the last couple minutes here, Michael, tell us a little bit about, uh, about the book, The Devil Inside the Beltway, for, for people who haven't um, heard you on the program well, before. It is, it is at Amazon. It's in a hardcover, softcover, ebook, and uh, audiobook at thedevilinsidethebeltway.com. You can read a lot of things and get the latest congressional report from Oversight. Uh, it is, it's a narrative nonfiction. It is written like a story or a thriller, and it starts with the day I got a call from a company that 
took, came into our workstation and took our file. They didn't say that, but that's what they did. And they had 9,000 patients on that file, and they tried to get us to hire them. Was they tried to wear a white cape? And um, I, being raised by two law enforcement professionals, and my whole life as a child being around judges, lawyers, and police officers, I just didn't take the bait. And I think my instincts knew better, and it turned out I was right. And uh, but they they were working with the government. They were working with um, Dartmouth and Homeland Security. I don't think Homeland Security was quite aware of what they were doing, uh, but or how they were doing what they were doing. But uh, they kicked my file with the Federal Trade Commission, and it really the story is more about the government uh, and uh, and how the government had ripped us to shreds and destroyed the organization, and how, as we talked about earlier in the in the show, that leaves us worse off and less safe because this is where things um this is where energy should not be going so that that's a pretty quick blurb about the book and the book the book started a congressional investigation and it brought out a whistleblower and i'll tell you the power of the, the pen and the first amendment in this country uh it has really rattled some cages and uh, ticked some people off and I don't know if you can pick this up, but I kind of enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> I can't imagine I'm why. okay with that. Uh, what? <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, so rarely do these people get what they have coming. and uh, But it's been pretty good. It's been a fascinating, fascinating education about Congress and the government and agencies. It's been scary at other times, but it's, um, you know, it's okay. Well, uh, Dr. Jack, before we let you go, bring us up to speed on, on, on your books. I understand you're, you're writing another one. Yeah, James. Well, first, uh, there are two on Amazon, uh, the most recent being Beyond San Denoil, uh the Nuclear Middle East, and then the first one was Nuclear Insecurity, which, uh, as, as we've talked, uh, Mrs. Thatcher uh, was, was, was wonderful in endorsing some years back. Uh, the, the new one, I've actually written a book that is going to be published in Italy in a few weeks. Uh, it's about the, the Middle East uh, and ISIS, uh, and it's uh, marauding across the Middle East. Uh, it's called, uh, the publisher has titled it uh, the, the Black Caliphate. Uh, the Italians really love the drama, as you know. But it's going to be published in Italian first, of course, in Italy. Uh, and then what I'm looking to do is uh, actually bring it to the States, I need to find a, a good U.S. publisher. I may talk to the ones that did my first two books, but I'm, I'm open on that, uh, and, and really sort of transport that story that was, uh, again, written over the past, oh, four or five months, uh, but, but, you know, it focused not only on ISIS, uh, but also the incredible and, again, in many ways, uh, alarming changes that are taking place in the Middle East that impact our interests uh, directly. So it was a fun book uh, to, to write, if, if you can call those topics fun. But uh, again, we're going we're gonna to have it in uh, Italian first, but I'm going to get it over here in English. Good stuff. Well, gentlemen, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you guys uh, again. This has been a fascinating, fascinating hour, and uh, thanks for you guys uh, for participating. It always goes fast. Good to be here. Definitely. Yeah, James, as always, it's a pleasure. And, uh, Michael, I will see you in the morning. <laughs> All right. Good talking to you. We'll see you soon. Okay, gentlemen. We will continue. <laughs> yep. Have yourself Indeed. a wonderful evening, gentlemen. Thank you, guys. All right, see you later. Appreciate it. Michael Doherty and Dr. Jack Caravelli joining us today here on the program. And uh, if you want to get more information, check us out on Twitter. 
J-I-G-G-Y, J-H-E-U-A-R. And uh, amazing, amazing stuff going on here on our program. And uh, it just continues. We're taking a break. We'll be back with more here on the program. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.